0: Welcome into the New Orleans Saints podcast for Wednesday, March 4th. I'm Caroline Gonzalez, joined today by NFL Network's Jane Slater, who was out there at the Combine, so we'll cover some of that. She also talked with our very own Drew Brees at the Pro Bowl, and she was most recently a host, a fill-in host for Good Morning Football. First things first, Jane, how you doing today? I'm doing good. It's always good to talk to another Dallas girl. So, oh, how are you? Uh, I'm great. I'm I'm missing Dallas. I'm missing the barbecue. Unfortunately, Louisiana barbecue doesn't compare. I, I wish, you know, there's more than enough food that does do better than Dallas, but the barbecue just, there's no comparison.
1: You know, my best girlfriend, Diana Ruffini, um also covers the Saints. And right. she made us love a couple of years ago when she said she just wasn't about beignets. I'm sort of of the opinion, I'm not really all in on the the richness of the food in New Orleans. Mm -hmm. So I always feel like even when I come there and I ask for just a basic basic chicken breast with (laughs) asparagus and mashed potatoes, it's always got the heaviest of, of butters and rich spices and Yeah, it's always interesting. So we've already just gone off an entire tangent away from sports.
0: Yeah, it's going to happen. And and we're going to get into coronavirus here soon. But yeah, I agree completely with that point. I feel like I've, I've learned how to tailor my diet in in New Orleans. But then as soon as I go back to Texas, I'm like, oh, breakfast tacos, you got, yeah, Bucky's, you have so many different things that I I can't tailor my, my diet when I go back to Texas.
1: Uh, Exactly.
0: Um, So, I do have to get your opinion though on this coronavirus. Are you more of the opinion that it's kind of, uh, you know, everyone's blowing it out of proportion? Are you taking it seriously? Where are you right now?
1: It's so funny you say that because I've been, I've actually had this conversation with a number of people just this morning because I've been on the road pretty steadily traveling since late November. Mm -hmm. And I have seen the airport just go from, okay, a few people wearing masks to now quite a few people wearing masks at the airport to the point where you're like, wow, maybe I should you know, look for a mask. And then I go online and Amazon has them completely sold out until the end of March. And then wow. I found myself going, well, maybe I'll just get some hand sanitizer sold out in every store at the airport. And then I got home and I thought, well, maybe I'll go to Walgreens, Walgreens, Target, CVS, all sold out of hand sanitizer. And then I was like, well, then I'll just get disinfectant wipes. Those are gone too. So I'm a little intrigued by it. <laughs> you know my my background is news a lot of people don't know that so the first thing I do every single morning is check all my all my news feeds Mm -hmm. and UK Daily Mail is like ground zero for the pandemic so if you already have concerns about coronavirus don't go there Um, because you'll literally go wow we're now getting ready to go into 28 days later and I'm a huge fan of like dystopian like sci-fi like conspiracy theory type movies i'm like wow this is really 28 days later stuff and just nobody's mutated into a zombie yet um but there was this graphic a couple of weeks ago that showed the infection rate and the trends as it related to stars measles and of course coronavirus google the graph that is what was the most terrifying to me now oh, again gosh. we're just talking infection rates not death rates but the spread to me it felt very calculated and as we get into like x conspiracy theories on here you know the common theories that it started in a wuhan lab got out of control and now i've got this theory that it went a thousand percent start in the lab i believe that there is some vaccination company that has been whispering to media and in dark alleys to politicians etc and they're going to be the front runner for this vaccine so if you watch 12 monkeys this is like right on this is literally like par for the course um so Yeah, I mean, we could literally have an entire conversation about this.
0: Yeah, I was, I'm not gonna lie, I was moderately intimidated before we had this conversation, but now I'm actually terrified. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> because, because you're saying hand sanitizer and all these things are sold out at all these stores and that's intimidating. I, you know, I kind of, I've been kind of making jokes about it because, you know, we deal with the saints and the Pelicans. So on the Pelican side, we've had, you know, the NBA issue, a statement and all the players are doing fist bumps and things like that. And so we've kind of been joking about it every time you, you know, you want to do a high five, we fist bump instead. But then today in kind of in the back of my mind, I was like, yeah, I'm not taking it too seriously, but I'm also, kind of taking it seriously, you know, like washing my hands more frequently and using hand sanitizer and things like that. So, uh, but now once you mentioned all these graphs and conspiracy theories, now I'm actually terrified. So thank you for that, Jane.
1: Well, one other thing, uh, my makeup artist in New York actually told me this and I was like fascinated. She said that one of her girlfriends is is an American Airlines student, uh, attendant. And of course they've been told these these masks don't work. Um, and of course we've had people come out in the medical uh, field saying that as well. Like they just, they don't work. She said what they do is they rub Neosporin underneath their nose, um, because it's got what Bacitrine on it. And, Basically, your, your nose is like the, the first port of, one of the easiest points of entry for infections, hmm. um, as well as germs. And so what they do is they just rub a little neosporin underneath their nose. So I don't know if that works. I haven't gone to Snopes and Googled that. As a matter of fact, I might do that right now as <laughs> we're talking, so I'm not uh, putting out bad information. Uh, but I was fascinated by that. So that might be my first line of defense right now.
0: All right. Well, if anyone catches me with some Neosporin underneath my nose, don't look at me strange. Uh, Jane, let's go ahead and get into your time at the Combine. You are out there in Indy. Uh, just overall, I know you didn't get to talk to, uh, you know, Saints-specific people, but who are some of the players that stood out to you overall there at the Combine?
1: Well, I think obviously one of the, the ones that was, was trending was Isaiah Simmons. I mean, this guy was just through the roof when it came to you know, impressing a lot of these GMs, and it wasn't just what he did on the field or that you know what was it a four three nine forty? It was the the way he wowed in interviews. I mean, he was apparently so impressive as it related to that. So I thought that was interesting. That was like a consensus across the board. One of the guys' names that that popped out for me, and I, I thought this was was really interesting, is there's a guy out of uh, Lafayette. Let me just let me double check this because I don't want to get this wrong for you. Uh, hold on. But this coach was so protective because I I pulled a bunch of coaches before I went on Good Morning Football because obviously we're there. A lot of people don't realize as reporters, we're not there necessarily during the week evaluating players. We Mm -hmm. sort of do that after the fact. We're there. It's like a a big football convention. Right. We're getting in front of coaches. We're getting in front of agents here in Dallas. I've got 24 free agents to be worried about. But I did pull uh, coaches before I went on Good Morning Football just to sort of get a consensus from them as well as GMs. and this one coach literally said, you better not tell anybody that this is who I'm interested in, but he was really interested in this kid. Hold on one second. This phone, of course, is ringing. I can't. Uh, Robert Hunt, the offensive tackle from Louisiana Lafayette, Hmm. just absolutely floored it. If you haven't read his story, it's actually pretty fascinating. He already came from a family of five kids. His mom had cervical cancer. They gave her contraceptives because they didn't think that she could have another child, Mm -hmm. And she literally found out not long after that that she was pregnant with her sixth child. Wow! And then they were affected with Hurricane Rita and their trailer got destroyed. And then their father moved them into a foreclosed home with like rafts and holes in the wall. And, you know, apparently he's just like a very optimistic, like upbeat kid, driven. And so this coach was just so protective of this guy, but a guy that we haven't really been talking about, but one that sort of wowed them uh, in the interview. So I thought that was interesting. And then as it applies to your saying... You know, I just think a couple of guys you should keep an eye on is, you know, I think that, you know, they might want to upgrade at running back. They've got a pretty good one down there at LSU. That wouldn't be bad. Um, And then I think they've also done really well with some of their Ohio State guys on defense. So, you know, the corner they've got would be another guy I'd probably keep an an eye on. And then I think they're also going to need some depth at offensive line. So I think we'll start hearing about, you know, obviously projected uh, where to go during the next couple of weeks. But. I do think the Saints are just a few players away from you know, getting to the Super Bowl. They've certainly proven how close they've gotten the last couple of years.
0: Yeah, and having a guy like Drew Brees back uh, doesn't hurt those chances, but I, I do want to get into that. But Jane, I have to ask, I know you are close with a lot of your uh, reporters at NFL Network, obviously, but you seem to have more access uh, to Jerry Jones, and Jerry Jones seems more willing to give access than most of the other uh, front offices in the league. Do you kind of talk about that among your colleagues about how much more exposure and how much more reporting you have to do with the Cowboys compared to some of the other teams?
1: I think it's just because we call it the glamour beat at the NFL Network and it's the glamour beat because obviously it's I mean when I go and cover other teams and it's so even when I come to the, the Saints it is just a, it's a whole different ball game and you know I think I have a better time talking with Saints players because they just don't have the national media in their face as much as, say, Dallas does. I mean, the scrums in Dallas are, as Randall Cobb described it last year, who had been in Green Bay his entire career. He said, this is this is playoff-caliber media mm. every single day. Um, and it's just not like that in New Orleans. So I sort of love how approachable those guys are. Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara, uh, Mario Davis, Cam Jordan. I mean, go down the list. Mark Ingram was one of my absolute favorites. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater, being able to talk to a quarterback – a Friday before a game is sort of unreal a lot of those guys won't give you the time of day because they're prepping and you know a lot of times they'll keep you away from them Teddy was so accessible during that stretch Um, so that's why I just I love coming to New Orleans I mean I love literally your staff Uh, the PR department is one of my favorites Uh, shout out to Justin and Doug Miller Um, and then of course now you guys have got Shanika Dabney who used to be the best in NFL Network she's now there so I always kind of just feel like it's family when it comes to New Orleans and cover Uh, whereas the Cowboys it's It's a grind. I mean, I would say, yes, I get a lot of scoops, but I have to work so hard at the scoop because there are so many people with connections covering that team. I mean, everyone from Adam Schefter to Chris Mortensen to Peter Schrager to Ian Robertport to Mike Garofalo, Tom Pellicero, all the guys locally. I mean, it is is so hard. It's like saying that you know where – the Spanish gold is hidden in the in the ship at the, end, the bottom of the ocean right. and everybody's gone to find it. Right. Whereas like I go to other teams, and it's like the ship is buried, but not everyone has a map to it. Now that's when I love, you know, going and digging, but man, fighting off these people at the, uh, the shipwreck is really, really hard
0: sometimes. Right. And, and there's no doubt about it that you work hard. I saw your, uh, your tweet earlier about Nancy Drew. You're, you're just on your Nancy Drew game. That's all it is.
1: You know, I, I think, and this is why I always tell young reporters, um, in order to be successful as a reporter, you know, I did news for a long time and then uh, switched to sports. You have to have a natural curiosity. In other words, my bosses don't call me and say, Hey, Jane, what's going on with Dak? Hey, Jane, what's going on with Drew? Like, I am as curious as the average sports fan. Right. And so I live it, I breathe it. If I hear a rumor, you know, I'm running it down. And I, I think that's also an important distinction as you sort of go further and further up the ladder and more and more people pay attention to what you're saying. Perfect example. Uh, I filled in on Good Morning Football this week, and we did a hypothetical. In other words, if this player doesn't sign with their team in free agency, what would be a good fit? Mm -hmm. Well, for me, I threw out Amari Cooper to the Eagles because obviously the Eagles need wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver. They've got Alshon Jeffrey. Amari Cooper is really used to this 1A, 1B scenario with Michael Gallup in Dallas, and he's such a cerebral, smart, woke-type player. And I'm not saying the Cowboys players aren't that, but I, I feel like that locker room in in Philly is very uniquely that yeah Um, and Howie Roseman is very supportive of the woke player and so I just thought like that would be a really interesting landing spot for him and a really great fit and there were people reaching out to me being like did somebody tell you this like this is (laughs) a kind of a unique take and so you know I have to be careful about that stuff and that's why I'm also you know Robin Roberts said it best a couple years back the margin of error for us women and even women of color in her case uh, is so small it's like, you mess up one time, people don't forget. Like, right. there's a, there, you don't get sort of the, the leeway uh, that perhaps some, you know, men get when they make mistakes. Perfect example, my girlfriend, Diana Rossini, she reported the whole Doug Marone had been let go in Jacksonville. Things changed. Hmm. Uh, but there were people in this league that just laughed at that. And I'm like, do you know how many misses some of our male insiders have had in the league? And so it was like, a, it was really, really frustrating to me to see, like, Again, the margin of error is so small, so that's why I am really, really careful about what I put out there. I make sure that I've done legwork and that these aren't third-party, fourth-party sources. These are people intimately involved in these conversations, these acquisitions, these releases.
0: Well, I think uh, to your point, the curiosity that you have to have and that you've had ever since starting in this industry is something that's guided you to this point. And, and to that point, when you were at the Pro Bowl with Drew Brees, you were specifically asking him about Eli Manning, who was announcing his retirement, but you noticed that Drew Brees kept saying we, and, and you kind of had a hunch that he was going to make a return to the Saints, and, and, and let alone he, he tweeted uh, or he posted on Instagram not too, uh, not too long after that that he was going to come back. What was your reaction when you saw that Instagram post?
1: I wasn't surprised at all. In fact, <laughs> I did. A, I was moderating a deal with Tony Romo at a Super Bowl, and he asked me about it. He mm. said, you know, I saw your interview. And I said, yeah, what do you think? I was. He, and so he said, what do you think? I go, I think he's 100% coming back. Like, there's no way he walked away after three seasons to see it end the way that it did. I mean, you're, you're so close, you can taste it. How – How frustrating would that be for Drew Brees that you've got this team right where it needed to be the last three years. You walk away and Taysom Hill goes and gets the Lombardi. Now, not that he wouldn't support that, obviously, uh, but I would imagine it it would be frustrating. No, man, I left a little meat on the bone. And the one thing that I've appreciated about Drew, I mean, you saw it even with his his hand injury this year. That guy, I couldn't believe it, a week later was out there doing his pregame warm-up as if. He was going to play. He's so deliberate. He's so meticulous. I think he's such an example for younger players in the league about sustainability, Tom Brady, for that matter, too. Sustainability approach, you know, you can't expect greatness to come to you. You have to work for greatness. Uh, so that's what I respect about him. But I'm like, a guy like that, you don't walk. It's just like Tom Brady. I'm going to be shocked if he goes anywhere but the Patriots, legitimately. Um. So I, I just, to your point, he, he said, we've got a championship-caliber team, Uh, when I I had misspoke and said, you know, because my first probable was in 2016, and I covered him then, and I said, you know, you're uh," even then I was like, are you coming back? And I remember the way I worded the question, and then, you know, a few weeks later, before he came back, and so when I approached him on this particular subject, I said, you know, last time you and I talked, you were mulling a return to the Saints, and he stopped me and very deliberately said, I've never mulled a return to the Saints. (laughs) (laughs) And so... I was like, "All right, always be on your P's and Q's with Aubrey." <laughs> I, I should have known that as journalism one hundred one. Uh, choose your words wisely. Right. But he was so protective of his loyalty, his uh, allegiance, and you know this team. That it was almost like he wanted to make sure I wasn't creating any drama. And yeah. I appreciated that. But it was in that moment I was like, "Ah, he's coming back. This Ruth, I'm over it."
0: Yeah. Uh, anytime you talk to him, you the loyalty is not something that you ever want to question when it comes to Drew Brees. But Jane, before we let you go, you did uh, fill in for Kay Adams on Good Morning Football. I saw you running through th- through some drills there. You were in jeans. And I have to say, I think jeans it, running through drills is much harder than basketball shorts or when, when Rich Eisen ran, he was doing it in dress pants. I think it's much harder to do it in skinny jeans. I must have to say.
1: I appreciate that. You know, uh, first of all, shout out to my girl Kay Adams. What I appreciate so much about Good Morning Football and, and why I feel like it's really sort of transformed that morning show landscape is, and I think as women for a long time, they've had a woman in on these morning shows, news shows, whatever, in the capacity of you're a traffic cop, look pretty, ask the questions, uh, don't really have an opinion. And we have so many smart women in football. I mean, I think there was a study that just came out that talked about the women's fan base. I think it's like 48% right now in football, mm-hmm. uh, which, you know, unfortunately triggers some men. But I do believe the younger generation, players, coaches, uh, you know, just the fans, they're they're uh, more accepting of it. It's sort of, I mean, it's sort of commonplace for them, which I appreciate. Um, but what I love about that show is it requires you to have a take. It requires you... We don't have a uh, producer saying, all right, say this, right. or we wrote up a script for you. It is really like your authentic football take. And Kay Adams does this five days a week uh, throughout the season. Her fantasy football stuff is second to none. Mm. But, and she's just so passionate about it. She never turns it off. And so what you see is what you get. It's just such She's such an authentic football fan. She's such an authentic uh, football freak that uh, I just I feel like she's really sort of set the bar and we're beginning to sort of see that trend on these other shows. Uh, I mean, look at Get Up and Laura Rutledge, who I'm also a massive fan of. We work together. I've never seen a girl be more prepared to know more about baseball than
0: yeah. uh,
1: than Laura Rutledge. So I, I appreciate that about that show, but I had a blast filling in and they sort of came to us and said, hey, we want to do some of these combine drills. And I was 1000% in, but I'd never run them before. <laughs> and we did it live. And I got about three minutes to warm up. I think I could have done better. I'm, gonna, I'm looking forward to my web redemption at some point, but uh, yeah, it was such, that show was just so much fun to
0: do. Yeah, and, and we've had Kay on the show before, and she's mentioned that you know everyone kind of just gets along. like they don't have to, nothing's forced and, and you don't have to come together uh, hours before the show and, and go over a million times about what you're going to talk about. It kind of just seems natural on that show, and it seemed natural when you, when you were on it as well.
1: Thank you so much. I mean, the guys, what I love about them too, is like they set you up to succeed and every one of them brings something to the table. Kyle Brant has, I mean, his, he's such a pop culture savant and a lot of people don't remember a younger generation may not remember him being on the real world or days of our lives. I used to stalk him at new Orleans super bowl when he was Jim Rome's producer. I was obsessed with Jim Rome. I just, I was obsessed with the show and I thought Kyle and this guy, Jason Stewart, who now is Colin Coward's producer, were just amazing. You know, they're sort of like the Danettes on the Dan Patrick show. Right. And so I am a radio background. And I know how hard it is. So I'm just like, wow, i was just like obsessed. So, and then Peter Schrager does such a great job of being an insider without being stuffy. Like, it's just very, like, there's a reason why coaches, uh, agents, and GMs talk to him. And he's just like, he and his wife are like, like my hype team i love them and then nate burleson i mean the way that he has gone from a detroit wide receiver to a guy that came in and did total access and was supposed to just be opinion-based but literally said to them like i want to learn how to write scripts i want to learn how you know to get the finesse of the camera and then the way that he's grown his brand from good morning football to cbs and uh morning you know football show and now he's doing extra just like they're sort of like the beat the Beatles. i always joke that at some point these guys are all going to break up and have solo careers (laughs) but they just really really work and it's just you you know you're you've been doing this and you know anybody that's been in the industry knows how hard it is to find authentic chemistry and they definitely
0: have it yeah well jane we appreciate you coming on the show today and uh looking forward to more of your work this off season as as we head into the draft and all things uh that are keeping you busy with the dallas cowboys and all things nfl
1: I hope I get to actually come down there and see you guys this year. I only got one game with you guys, and shocker, it was the Cowboys. Uh, so I look forward to getting back to the St. Beat, but thank you so much for having me on.
0: Of course, and uh, we look forward to seeing you as well. Thanks to Jane for coming on the show. Be sure to follow all of her work on Twitter. You can find her at Twitter at SlaterNFL, S-L-A-T-E-R, N-F-L-S-L-A-T-E-R. NFL, a great reporter for NFL Network. That'll do it for today's show on the New Orleans Saints podcast presented by SeatGeek. If you're trying to find tickets to football games or any other live event, it can be complicated. There's hundreds of, hundreds of sites and shady pricing, but with SeatGeek, you can do everything in one place. Search for and discover the best deals on seats, buy from any device, and sell and transfer tickets in just a couple taps. Best of all, our listeners will get $20 off their first purchase when they use the SeatGeek app. Use code GOSAINTS at checkout. SeatGeek score the best deals on tickets. All right. We hope you have a great Wednesday and we'll tune back in on Friday. Thanks for listening.